0: Welcome on in everybody to the only podcast that you should listen to Sports Voice After Dark. I'm here to give the people what they want. Well then fine,
1: if that's what you want, then let's have it out right now.
0: Our SPAD Athlete of the Year, Nick Curios. Mate,
2: there is music playing in the crowd while we are playing. I've told you
0: seven times. I mean, I do have to appreciate the fact that you showed up for this show with no working
1: laptops and eating out of a box of leftover pizza. Are you ready?
2: Life's too short to take the
0: under.
1: Sad, if it had a live audience, half the time would just get booed. <laughs> Why is something called Joe Ingles making no-no, no, don't <laughs> you dare! Don't you dare with this slander! I'm really into this, this curling thing. Dude, Watch <laughs> Big Sky was down yesterday. They had a lit game against Northern Colorado and I couldn't even watch, watch it. Watch Big Sky was down. You, you, something is wrong with you! Yes! It doesn't make any sense!
0: Draft your ideal NBA starting five based on 20 heroes that are slated to appear in the new Infinity War movie. I think that you have to find the LeBron James in this draft. I think clearly that is Black Panther. He's got the quickness, he's got the speed. You talk about that leadership.
2: Thanks for watching my movies.
0: Welcome on in, everybody to a very special edition of Sports Voice After Dark, our first podcast in 2019, but it's an exciting one. We have our annual Super Bowl prop bets ahead of this weekend's Super Bowl. We are here to make you listeners some money, some proverbial money, of course. We do not condone gambling, of course, but we love to talk about some very fun prop bet odds every year on Sports Voice After Dark, and we have a great show ahead of you. I'm joined by Noah Kaufman, Making his uh debut talking about prop bets, right you were yeah. not on last yeah, yeah. year yeah very avid fan of uh
1: odds and yeah exactly proverbial I, would, I, gambling. Would, I would personally never gamble myself right never gamble real money. I would absolutely you know that's just first of all illegal, although maybe kind of not illegal anymore. who knows what I'm going Sure yeah anyways, but I would never condone that, but odds are certainly interesting to talk about, Zach. I would have to agree with you on that
0: correct? And of course, making his fad debut, Mr. Eli Karp. Eli, a big first episode. A lot of pressure on you to make these listeners some uh, proverbial money. Are you ready? I guess. going to have to be, right? You got to dial it in now. Yeah, we have a full three pages of, uh, or full two pages of prop bets. We're going to keep finding some for you along the way. And just you know, really cover all of our bases. Make sure we're not leaving anything out. We've got some entertainment. We've got some just extremely random ones. Some offense. Some defense. We're going to cover it all on this episode. But first, guys, I feel compelled since this is the first time we've talked to uh, the the listeners in over a month. Let's talk a little bit about how we got here. Rams, Patriots. We kind of didn't cover the NFL playoffs at all. So let's just start. Are, are you are we surprised to see these teams? I'll, I'll start with you, Noah. Is this was it heading toward Rams, Patriots all along or
1: well, first of all, given that the first round never happened, as far as I can remember, what um, did
0: happen though? It, no, no, no. It, I, as far as, as I can going. recall,
1: as far as I can recall, there was no first round this year. They just canceled it. So, given that the teams of the bye had a, had a had silly significant advantage, even even though they didn't have the advantage of playing one less game, you know, they still had the advantage of of uh, of um, I don't know what advantage they would have had if there was no first round. I don't know where <laughs> oh, I was no. going with this. <laughs> I know the, really Bears, really the Bears lost. I the know Bears know did not lose because there was no first <laughs> round, as I was saying I know Eli before. was
0: Eli witnessed it in person. Eli,
1: um, you didn't actually see that. It was a fever dream that you shared with what was the that? What was it others.
0: like, just like sitting in the stadium and watching the air just get sucked out of all those Bears fans? Oh, well, I've never seen... Well, the air was
2: sucked out until they left the stadium, and it was all let back in when they just decided to go full-blown profanity against uh, one person I, I had to say was reminiscent of... Pro, reminiscent probably what Blair Walsh went through a few, a few years ago. Similar.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm sure Zach loved that one as well.
0: You know, when your team doesn't make the playoffs for two straight years, it's the little <laughs> victories, you know, living in Chicago, just not having to deal with Bears fans for the rest of the playoffs. I've been pretty lucky. I'm a senior here. They've been pretty bad for the three years I was here leading up to it. So this year, I got a taste of my um, own medicine as someone who's grown yeah. up
1: so they were also success. bad for the five years before that so in <laughs> fairness, you know the 2013 they've made the playoffs at least but nothing really happened. So Vince in 2010 said that the Bears were actually decent and uh, it all went away again very Sorry. quickly. Cody Park as
0: much as I hate to say it as a Packers fan, the Bears future is looking bright. So well, we won't yeah, harp on we won't harp right. on the Bears because of course they are not in the Super Bowl this weekend. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, we saw them beat Seattle week one then head into Los Angeles. Rams took care of business Got there.
1: On. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was it was a relatively close score, I think, but anybody watching that game knew that the Rams had it all the way. I mean, the Cowboys just came out. Look, Jason Garrett has never outcoached anybody in his career, not going to start with Sean McVay. It just looked from the first kick like the Rams had the Cowboys number and just kind of dominated that game in a way that they haven't dominated many this season, and it's kind of been the theme of their – of their postseason to me is they've really done it more defensively than they have in the past. The way they stopped the Saints, I mean, first of all, we'll, we'll get into this, I'm sure, but the part of the way they stopped the Saints was, of course, the, the missed pass interference call. But the reason the Saints only had 20 points at the end of that game was because the Rams went from allowing the Saints to score 13 in the first seven minutes, in the last 53 minutes only let up seven points. Their defense buckled down and got the job done, not necessarily forcing turnovers, not necessarily doing creating crazy havoc plays that they kind of relied on through most of the rest of the season but really buckled down and getting stops when they needed to against one of the best offenses in the league
2: yeah one thing on the Cowboys and again I'm going to keep it short because I can't stomach talking much about the Cowboys but what is what what's going on with their offensive staff to me is fascinating their litany of backup quarterbacks over the last few years have somehow made it onto full-time jobs Kellen Moore is now the offensive coordinator, and the famed John Kitna, now the QB Kellen coach. Kellen Moore is the
1: offensive coordinator for the Cowboys? Yes. Isn't he
2: like 28 years old? Yes, and he literally started he two or just... three games for them. And <laughs> what What is Jason Garrett? I know Scott Lenahan took a lot of I think teams. he's just
1: a bad coach. I he does
2: nothing. He does nothing. He claps. I don't
1: man, I you know what their defense was really good this year, and they have a bunch of great defensive coaches I and mean, Chris when you have the best, Chris Richard is great, but when you have the best defo- defensive coordinator arguably in the game, I mean Rod Marinelli's been doing it for twenty years. He knows exactly what he's doing, he knows how to manipulate like the players, he knows how to get everything going. I mean when you have bright young assistants like Rashard underneath a guy like Marinelli, Garrett just lets those guys kind of do whatever, and then he just kinda lets the offense do whatever. And the offense just wasn't good enough down the stretch this year.
0: Eli, if I had made a list of most impactful players in the NFC that could swing a football game one way or another, how far down would C.J. Anderson have been on that list heading into the playoffs for you? Um, well, I guess going into the theme
2: of things, he'd be, like, below a Big Mac on the value menu, <laughs> um, considering that's where a lot of the attention has come from his uh, his media-covered thickness.
1: Yeah, it depends how early you would ask me, Zach, because if you asked me a full week before the playoffs... Well, C.J. Anderson wasn't on an NFC team, so I wouldn't have put him anywhere there on the you list. Go. It's been
0: pretty remarkable just seeing what the Rams have been able to do. No one really knows what's going on with Todd Gurley. Something. It's an inju- it's it, gotta, he's got to be injured. He's got to still be a little banged up from that yeah. injury he had late in weird, the regular though. season. It's weird. Um, but we saw it. Like It didn't really matter. When you play against the Saints in the NFC Championship, you're able to... You know, Gurley can play some, then you're able to put Anderson in, and they can still just control the... They can control the game, which is what they did for a lot of that second half against the Saints. The first half, they looked just completely shook by the crowd in the Superdome. They couldn't get their snap counts right. Jared Goff, his helmet was breaking, his microphone in his helmet. And then they really just turned it turned it on. Credit the defense. Yeah, they had to
1: give him Sean Mannion's helmet.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the next
2: person on the offensive staff of the Cowboys, Sean Mannion.
1: <laughs> oh, maybe. Who knows? You yeah. heard
0: it here first. <laughs> We've been known to make some prophetic uh, predictions on. <laughs> Anquan
1: Bolden, offensive player of the year. I will say
0: this. So okay, <laughs> we need to re-record our famous fad promo where I said that the Packers could go six and two, and then Rogers said they were going to run the table, and they did this year. That you have, I have it on record when the Colts were one and five, I said, hey. If ever there was a team one in five that could make the playoffs wow. the Colts schedule really opens up we have Zach Wingrove
1: is on fire We're gonna <laughs> yes. make
0: it the new SPAD promo when we get who around wasn't to who it Who was it who
1: said the Anquan Bolden one though?
0: Oh, that was Henry Demore. Henry Demore When he was signed to the Detroit Lions like in preseason Yeah
1: <laughs> That was insane because it was preseason and he was Anquan Bolden <laughs> And then In, he just had a completely pedestrian year and disappeared off the face of the earth.
0: In a shocking turn of events, he did not win. Offenses. When
1: was the last time a wide receiver even won? A, it was just an incredible prediction on so many levels. Just sorry. I needed, needed to yeah, revisit yeah. that moment We've, t- It's a
0: playoff podcast. The Detroit Lions do not need to get a <laughs> That's lot true. We've time. covered now
1: every NFC North team. So.
0: <laughs> not the Vikings, but they also did. We talked make. about Blair, Blair Walsh. Walsh. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because the Minnesota Vikings also did not make the playoffs. That is true. <laughs> just,
1: they're, yeah, only nine, the Bears made the playoffs.
0: $84 million on a quarterback, and they didn't make the playoffs. So.
1: Yeah. Uh, now, they were better than the Packers.
0: How much are they spending on Rodgers? Hey, you know, when both teams don't make the playoffs, I'd rather have the better uh, better quarterback next year. We got a new coach. We'll talk about the Packers. Okay. Kind on of a different podcast. This yeah,
1: that's a Playoff funny.
0: podcast. Uh, but the, Let's get into the NFC Championship game. Well, We can just go right ahead and start with it if we want, because it's what everyone's talking about, this pass interference call that could have essentially... It would have given the Saints an automatic first down. It would have set up a chip shot for Lutz in the fourth quarter. They could have run the, the clock out and kicked a game-winning field goal. But are we, are we making too big a deal yes, out of it? absolutely. No, you think yes, Eli? This is, this
1: is a hot take that I've been marinating for a week and a half. Mm-hmm. It's too much. This has been treated like the blown call to end all blown calls. First of all, it's a judgment pass interference call, and while obviously it was the incorrect call, anybody who watches football knows it was the wrong call, we've seen other crazy calls be made in the playoffs literally year after year after year. Does nobody remember Dez anymore? That was like two years ago. Like, you can argue that that was maybe the correct interpretation of the rule, but it was obviously a catch in terms of what we know as a catch, and it would be a catch, it would be a catch again today. Like calls wrong calls get made all the time and they turn games completely all the time and for the saints to act like for saints fans to act like this makes them unique enough to like have their own petition and all this crazy stuff and like trying to get roger goodell to restart the game from the point of the pass interference is so insane the fact that it even came out that four of the officials in this game were from southern california the fact that i mean we all know that that obviously didn't affect their performance like anybody with a brain knows the that living no in fans Southern fans California anyway. <laughs> where the Rams don't have any fans did not affect anything. But the fact that that even came out shows how hysterical everybody's become over this call. Let me remind you, after that incomplete pass, the, Ra- the Saints then had second and ten at the 25 or whatever, yep. right? Three more shots to get a first down and end the game. Didn't get it. Then they got the ball first. Then they had a chance to stop Jared Goff from going down the field. Couldn't do it. Then they got the ball first in OT. Threw a pick. Three chances to win the game after the blown call. Three separate chances. They were all very good chances. They still had an 85% win probability after that blown call. The Saints blew this game. Did the refs help them? Sure. But the Saints blew this game. They should have won regardless. So that's that's what I just wanted to get out there.
2: No, I, I agree with most of what you said. And the, the first thing I'll say originally is that Sean Payton said he spent three days eating Jenny's ice cream in his room. And having been to Jenny's... It ain't all that great. It's people fine. overrate.
1: People overrate Jenny's ice cream. It's thirteen dollars a pint. At least... it's at ridiculous.
2: Lisa. Who the Ben and Jerry's ridiculous. for half the
1: price ridiculous. is astronomically better. Thirteen dollars for a pint. That is just and having sorry, actually just to been to
2: the location, people rave about it, but they've it's, been it's They've solid, been brainwashed. It's, it's fine. solid. It's solid ice cream. It's like cream. they put lavender in ice cream in and they think it's, it's like Ridiculous. Um, Jenny but, seems cool though. But regardless, if Respect. you if you look at the numbers from like weeks one to nine or one to ten for the saints and then ten on for their offense it is incredibly different they were putting up north of 30 points a game and then in that that first one ten weeks i'd say i don't have the exact numbers and then running the ball too. Yeah, and from then I think they averaged like nineteen or twenty points a I game. Think it was nineteen, and yeah. that is just ridiculous. It, it goes to show, and it almost the the, the NFC Drew championship. And Drew, Drew Brees,
1: threw like the same amount of touchdowns as he did picks in the last seven weeks of the season. Yeah, and the NFC
2: Championship was a microcosm of that game. They got it to a really hot start, looked unstoppable, and then they just absolutely faded down the stretch. This was, you can't rely on the refs to win the game, and not that they were trying to do that. The refs did not make them lose the game. The refs just made them not win the game originally. If that that makes sense to anyone. Yeah, it totally makes sense. And it's not like,
0: I mean, Noah mentioned it, but it's not like the Saints didn't get the ball first in overtime and didn't have a perfect opportunity to just march down the field. Like, it's not like... Uh, Good pun. I get it. Um, Wasn't intentional. Either way, they had plenty of opportunities, and I think we've heard a lot, but we've heard a lot about the call, but also, can we credit the Rams for battling back what was basically like one of the worst case scenario starts to the game, not having a... How many... They had, like, what, 18 total yards heading into the the drive right before... Right before him, the half. Right before yeah, the half, yeah, and yeah. they got a big touchdown. I mean, also, like,
1: you start off the dr- game, Saints could have gotten a touchdown on the first drive, mm-hmm. settled for a field goal inside the five. Could have gotten a touchdown on the second drive after the golf pick, settled for a field goal inside the ten. Those two field goals, turn them into touchdowns, it's a very different story. Yep. All of a sudden, it's 21 nothing instead of 13 nothing and there's no way the Rams are getting back. So... Saints had their chances throughout the game to cash in. Got to credit the Rams for limiting the Saints to those two field goals. Got to credit the Rams for their big drive at the end of the first half. If it's 13 nothing Saints at halftime, it's probably a different game as well. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, a couple, of, a couple of people have said this, but for the bulk of that game, the Rams outplayed the Saints. For the middle 53 minutes or whatever, the Rams mostly outplayed the Saints after that first seven. Mm-hmm. So, it's hard to say the Rams don't at least partially, you know, deserve is always a dumb word in, in sports media. Because who... Who can say who really deserves anything? But the Rams deserved as much as the Saints did.
0: And you know what? Also, the people harp so much on the pass interference call, and then they forget about the, the fact that... The face mask. That. Oh. But I was also going to say just the fact that uh, the Rams had the ball on, like, the one-yard line prior to that drive, down three, yeah. and Sean McVay opted to kick Bad the field decision. goal. Yes. And it really could have come back to bite him had he just taken the points, and yeah. the Saints can and the Saints had just run the clock out.
1: That's the thing for McVay. I mean, he's it's it's tough to deny that he's a great coach when it comes to strategy and and m- optimizing his players. He's done great with that all year. He's really struggled on those decisions, fourth down decisions. He's really been it's really been difficult. I mean, any any kid who's played Madden before knows <laughs> that on fourth and goal at the one, when you're down three against an offense as potent as the Saints at the one yard line, when you have one of the best rushing offenses in the league with five offensive linemen who have been your starters for the entire season you can't trust your team to get one yard and score the touchdown i mean if you look at it it lowered their win expectancy by 10 to to make the field goal not to try it making the field goal lowered their win expectancy by 10 percent because if you don't think that you can get a yard more than 40 percent of the time against the saints who aren't that good in the interior what are you even doing in the nfc championship take some chances
2: i agree but maybe sean McVay was thinking along the lines of what these numbers have said is that the saints he, he had full faith faith clearly in his defense after those first two drives again you said they shut them down for nearly the last 53 Mm -hmm. minutes and the way the offense had been trending you know first half of the year to second I'm not going to say it wasn't the right it was the wrong call
1: because it probably was the wrong call but the thing is Breeze has always been better in these two minute drill situations though but the reason they get the reason they
0: get down they got down that far and even put themselves in field goal range is because of an underthrown ball to 10 Gin where the Rams, uh, I forgot who what who the corner was, but made a really bad play yeah. going after it. it Fielding like yeah. it like it was a punt and just allowed Ted Gin to go up and get it. If they don't have that, the Rams, D, I I kind of agree with Eli. They were playing really well. I'm not – I still kind of – The thing is, lean. if you
1: trust your defense, though, you leave them the ball at the one there. And, and you, you still have time to get the ball back because there's still three minutes left when you choose to kick the field goal. If the ball's at the one and you're down three, and you're down three, you got to expect you're going to get the ball back with pretty good field position there if you trust your, if you truly trust your defense, which you should. So that, I, I think you can go both ways with that, you know. But I hear what you're saying.
0: And then after the Breeze uh, uh, interception in overtime, the Rams' offense doesn't really get anything going, and Greg Zerline just comes in yeah. and saves the day, makes a field goal that would have looked good from what, like 70 yards
2: out. I wish These that was have- on SNF because SNF. Has yeah. the whole apex track to where distance. it would have been good from? That would have been a fun number to see pop up on the Yeah, so the Rams
1: when Fisher when Fisher was coaching, he oh, had Zerline try. try. No, 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 he had no. Zerline try 66, 67, and seventy yard field goals in the course of one season, and he had the distance on two out of the three. Just the, Was wide. Yeah, on the, the yarder, the on the seventy Janikowski yarder. The seventy
0: Janikowski special. Mm. Yeah,
1: on the seventy yarder, it was deep enough. It was just wide to the right. Now Janikowski,
0: but he has. I mean, so Zierlein came from that.
1: Yeah it did from 75, though. I mean, the dude has an incredible leg. So, to summarize, the
0: Rams take advantage of some yeah. missed opportunities by the Saints down the stretch, really down after, you know, they don't convert on those first two drives of the game and settle for six points. The Rams control most of the game. They win the NFC, and then facing them, a familiar foe that we've talked about for the last two SPAD who rule prop bets, the New England Patriots, who... I mean, just kind of did their thing all year. Looked really good some weeks. Looked really, really bad in others. Again, lost. I think
1: it's kind of understating it to say they did their thing. Like, they looked awful. This team had some they bad They did their thing losses. in the playoffs, though. You they lose, turned it on. Of course, of course. But you lose by double digits to the Lions. That's every year. You lose to them. They, they every used year to they have like a week, week three. Yeah, Last like year. Five. No, but, it, but, but in week 10, they lost to the Dolphins on that crazy play. But they were close with the Dolphins all the way. They had bad losses throughout the entire season. Trust me, my mom's a, in Miami. My mom's a Patriots yeah. fan. My mom's a Patriots fan, Ugh, and she sorry. was more worried. I. It's kind of cool for me. <laughs> I got to go to the, the Super Bowl against Atlanta. Anyways, um, but she was more worried about this year than she's been for any of the past three years.
0: I mean, I would feel like every year now you're gonna get more worried just because your quarterback is 40 years old. I hear and that, but it was defying more all laws of.
1: It was more aging just because of how poor the defense looked, and sure. partially because Brady looks bad. But it wasn't because of his age. He just wasn't playing well for most of the season. I mean, I don't know what it is with this team. They're zombies or whatever. But, man, they just... It's not like they got a crazy, easy draw, either. I no, mean, the Chargers were... Chargers I mean, are a great team, paper, and they just, a better team they just them. outplayed them by a ton. It's crazy the way they can just turn it on. I don't, I don't get it. And then that Chiefs
0: game, Eli, was basically like the first half. I mean, the Patriots, it looked like they were just going to steamroll, just like they did against the Chargers.
1: Which was insane. I mean, the amount of... The time of possession that they had. And they did this in the first game against the Chiefs in the regular season, too. They they had two times the plays that the Chiefs had in that regular season game. In the playoffs, they did it again. You know how hard it is to run 90 to 100 plays against that Chiefs team <laughs> and limit them to 50 plays and just, and just tire that defense out? But that's how you beat the Chiefs. You have to keep their offense off the field. And it's so easy for pundits to say, only Bill Belichick can consistently do that against the top teams. It's insane how good they are at picking up for... First downs on third downs, running the ball. Running clock. Clock after clock. I mean, how long did the Chiefs have the ball in the first half? They had it for eight minutes the entire half. You're just not going to have success like that. It's crazy.
0: And their ability to rotate out running backs. So in the first half, it was... Uh, Sony Michel, right, and then Rex Burkhead comes in in the second half, gets the two biggest touchdowns, James yep. White of the game, and of course there's always James, James White. White. Yeah, it's and
1: it. and the other thing about this, and what, this is the last thing I'm going to say about this Patriots team because uh, we people have talked enough about the Patriots the last three years. But one oh, of the f- biggest f- problems, 15. one of the <laughs> uh, yeah yeah the th- last fifteen really, but one of the biggest problems for this team all year, and I say this as a pretty close observer, was the offensive line. For the first twelve games, especially that O line looked bad, average, average at best. And all of a sudden, they come to the playoffs. They demolish a Chargers front that's as good as any team in the AFCs. They demolish a Kansas City front that's as good as any team in the AFCs. How much pressure did Brady see? I don't think he got sacks once the entire game. He saw pressure on, like, three plays. With one of the best pass rushers in the game and Justin Houston coming off the edge. They had Chris Jones, who had a breakout year for them in the middle of the line. I mean, this just Chiefs D-line was one of the strengths of their entire team and was completely neutralized, partially by the amount of plays, but partially because that O-line just got better and better as the season went along. And there's no, like, Belichick cheating explanation for that. Like, I don't mean to be, like, kind of a dumb fan about it, but, like... There's no explanation except for good coaching as to how that offensive line just got so much better this year. And it is truly like, not to be the cult of the coach or anything, but it's truly incredible how much Belichick can get out of his guys every year in, in situations like that.
2: And what I find the most understated but incredible thing is how you said that you know, the line was terrible for you know, the 12, first 12 weeks or this team looked terrible throughout the points of the season. There was never a doubt they were not making the playoffs. Yeah. That's yeah. that's what's incredible. They find a way they to say win games. All they look these bad. things, and yeah. the, it is—it is—we say it all relative to what we know them to be, which is just miles above anyone else on a consistent basis. Yeah, if
1: you look at the talent level, I mean, they were maybe the eighth best team in the playoffs on talent, and it was taken for granted that they get a bye. It's incredible.
2: And they were eleven. and The fact when when they are eleven and five, which is a down year for them, and they're still able to get a bye— there's some something in the air. I mean, come on. You
0: look at the rest of the AFC then moving forward, like even after this season, so assuming that you know Brady doesn't retire, which he's there's no he's indication that he's going either. to based on how he's yeah, still able to Why would he retire? Yeah, so you look at the rest of the AFC East, Dolphins have a new coach, Jets have a new coach, the Bills were one of the worst teams in the league the next, the this year. The AFC East is not a division. Yeah. But the so thing so is... There, it's not like it's going to change next and year craziest or probably the year part after is, I don't know if you
1: guys have seen this stat, but you know, fans... The fan loves to say, like, the Patriots aren't actually that good. They just have a bad division, which is partially true. But when you look at it, over the past 17 years, the Patriots' record is 10 games better out of division than it is in division. How insane is that? They still—they if beat other teams so consistently. Like, of course they're going to win their division because the AFC sucks. Mm -hmm. But they're not—they're going to lose a game to the Bills or the Dolphins randomly. They're going to lose one. They're going to lose maybe two. They might lose to the Jets. Who knows? It happens every year. They either lose to the Dolphins like they did this year oh, in some crazy way. Miami. They lose to Miami. They lose in Miami a ton. Sometimes they just drop a random one of the Bills for like four years in a row that has kept losing to the Jets. And they kept winning the division because they always won their games outside of the division. It's insane. It's insane.
0: Was there ever a moment where you thought in that Chiefs game, even like Mahomes takes them back and they go up? No. Yeah, three, no. Never, you never thought they were going to no. win. See, this is where
1: I'm uh, looking at it differently than other fans because I watch most Patriots games with my mom. Who is a class, like? She's a, just a typical sports fan. She's always thinking that her team's gonna find a way to lose. I mean, that's how it is. No matter how many times your team wins, so I always am thinking about the ways the Patriots can lose because I'm looking at it from a fan's perspective. So yeah, there were a couple times where I thought they were gonna lose, but from the objective perspective, like knowing that it's the Patriots, I mean, you, there was you could never be like, oh, Mahomes has got it now. Like that's just not how yeah. it works. But I mean, especially with the Chiefs' history too. The I mean, Chiefs yeah. win
0: that coin toss. I don't know if the Patriots were stopping I think they would have held
1: him to a field goal and Brady would have gone down for a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, the Chiefs, this is part of, this is just, like, talking about destiny, but the way the Chiefs have played in the playoffs, I mean, combining the Chiefs' playoff history with Andy Reid's playoff history, (laughs) that's just, whew, that is a tough mashup right there. I will
0: say, though, Mahomes stepped it up. He did not look good. He looked like what you would have expected from a quarterback in his, you know, first playoffs ever. Um in that first half but he really stepped it up in the second half and we're not done talking about Chiefs Patriots I'm sure like we're
1: gonna see this rematch Mahomes is so great
0: he's incredible he really stepped it up
1: I mean how many insane throws did he make in that one game that throw where Roma was talking about it you could see how he saw that he had a free blitzer coming at him but he knew he needed to wait until he was getting hit by the blitzer to sidearm it around him to his receiver because otherwise the receiver wouldn't be in the window yet that was just incredible I mean Brady couldn't have made. There are like so many throws that Brady could never have made at any point in his career. Yeah. and it's just like it's it's incredible how talented he is already, at this point. It's it and like the level of foresight he has is just tremendous. Yeah. One final note,
2: somewhat unrelated. We always talk about the Bill Parcells coaching tree, the Belichick coaching tree, the the, 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 coaching the blossoming tree. coaching tree right now. It's the Even best though one. he even though he can't, he Andy Reid can't seem to win it. His, his coaching tree is, is he's growing. got the number one coaching yeah, tree. Yeah, you got Matt Nagy, yeah. uh, Doug Peterson. Yeah. What other names are there? Help me out.
1: There's, There's a c- hey, Mike Kafka. Ka- Mike Kafka. He's
0: probably poised to get a job yeah. pretty soon based on just what the Chiefs, he was a running backs coach, now elevated to offensive coordinator. But every year it seems like the Chiefs lose their starting running back and then just yeah. doesn't matter. So I think he's the next person. Kafka, Northwestern alum, gets elevated to uh offensive coordinator and I think we're looking at Mike Kafka as a head coach in four years yeah time.
2: interesting that was a hot take from our, we know him both Matt Albert a couple of days ago he said "You know, I want, I want to find a way to interview him because I know he's going to be an NFL head coach anybody
1: anybody's an offensive coach under Andy Reid it seems like a pretty safe bet they're going to be an NFL head coach him or Sean McVay, we'll see. McVay yeah, had a pretty good off season we'll too. We'll see how the coaching tree goes for McVay. Yeah. We'll
0: see. Uh, so, and we'll get into the the Patriots' that final drive because it's going to play into some of these prop bets. But the third down conversions was absolutely incredible. Ooh, 10 every time, and it's gonna it's gonna come up. We have we found the prop. I think it's a good best bet. So now let's move into these prop bets. This will be our this will be our way of previewing the Super Bowl. We're going to mix in some analysis, hopefully, to to back up our decisions with some of these props. I'll just read them off to you guys and uh, we'll we'll get we'll get your analysis and we'll try to come to a consensus uh, at the end on some of our favorite some of our best bets that we would recommend if you're interested in gambling um, throwing some proverbial some proverbial money on yeah let's uh so okay let's start i guess no we're going to get to the game line later the game line is interesting but let's start with just the heart the cold hard analysis of the coin toss heads or tails we talk about it every year uh both minus 105 so no real consensus. I know last year, guys, there was it had been six straight years before a uh, uh, heads was called. So it was extremely uh, due if you believe in uh, the law of being due, which I know uh, last year when we went on this, um, Amit Malik and Josh Burton and Austin Miller, we all believed. How, what are we feeling, heads or tails?
1: So the thing, if you're if you're looking at the coin toss, um, the Patriots always call heads. Matt Slater, who is the Patriots captain, special teams leader. <laughs> And he calls heads every single time. And they get to call it, right? They, they will get team. to call it. They are the away team. So Matt Slater has won the two most important coin tosses of his lifetime, which was overtime in the Super Bowl two years ago and overtime in two weeks ago's AFC Championship game. But the thing is, the Patriots, they don't always win those other coin tosses. So the question is, do you think that Matt Slater is going to win the, reg- the, the pregame coin toss, or do you think that he's going to win the overtime coin toss? And I think he's going to win the overtime coin toss. <laughs> so I'm betting that this that the pregame coin toss is going to be tails because I think the Patriots lose that toss. You know, it's a lot more analysis
2: than I thought was going into this. Lots of analysis. Um, I was just going to say it seems like a heads kind
1: of day. So there's my minus 105. There you go. Well, of course, a- you should not bet on a coin toss when you're getting a big. I just want to let that <laughs> <laughs> put that out there. It's bad gambling practice to bet on a coin toss, which by definition is a 50-50 bet with a vig on it it doesn't make sense to do it and you should not
0: and people are still gonna do it and that's why they do it thousands um so we can i'm gonna pivot away a little bit there's also a um the prop if you want to if you're really confident about the patriots say calling heads and winning the coin toss the odds on a first team to score
1: yeah that's that's really interesting because
0: if you believe the patriots love to take the ball when they score So if you
1: mention – Well, they're not going to take it in the first half. They're going to defer. No, they like –
0: the Patriots like taking the ball first and just stomping, like, an eight-minute drive to start the game. Sometimes.
1: They defer a lot. That was Belichick's whole thing was he used to defer all the time.
0: They didn't defer against the uh, Chargers, Yeah, no, I know. This year
1: year they deferred less. So it just depends on what you think they're going to do.
0: Okay. So we don't – I don't have – I'll find the odds on the first team to score, but the one that I found interesting, the jersey number of the first touchdown score. The the, – the line is set at 26 and a half. So basically you're betting on running so back, some receivers. The Well, Rams. but here's
1: the thing with that is that both of these teams have most of their receivers under 26. The only team that has a, the only guy who's like really a pass-catching threat whose numbers is over 26 on either team is Gronk. I mean, you got Higby. Only the tight ends, both teams have all of their receivers in the 10s. In the so that's everybody, and then Sony Michelle is twenty six. Twenty six. That's uh, strategic. I, so no, I like Sony Michelle. But the problem the is first. that Burkhead's thirty four. Burkhead's thirty four. And James, James White is twenty eight. And James White. So every running back except for Michelle is over because Anderson is thirty as thirty five. He's he's in the 30s. Yeah, he's 35. 30's 35 thirty five. Thirty five and Gurley's thirty. So every running back is is uh, and including James Devlin as well, who you mm-hmm. can't discount. Forty six. Right, fullback. He's forty six. Every running back except for Michelle is over, and then the tight ends. But every other touchdown score is under because all of the Patriots receivers—Edelman, um, Hogan, Hogan, Dorsett—all three of those guys are under. And the Rams have Cooks, Cooks under, Woods, Woods under. under, and Josh Reynolds is over. Gerald Everett is over eighty-one. Ger- Gerald, and so so, but you, Josh Reynolds has not caught a lot of touchdowns this year. Also, so quarterbacks can't. both under. If you think quarterbacks can be a fun yard, if they And be. kickers both under. But that is that a touchdown score. First yeah. touchdown score, yeah. yeah. Kickers so, both under. Holders both under. Johnny Hecker. <laughs> I'm making the thinking sign. You can't so see it on the podcast.
0: The better, the the better. Right now, they think it's going to be over twenty-six and a half. That that's where the that's What's the favorite. The... Minus one forty for over. It's even wow. for twenty-six and a half. So if you because both
1: these teams do like to run in goal line situations a lot.
0: I'm just saying you could start to get strategic with some of these. If you think the Patriots always call heads and they win, you could bet heads.
1: Patriots are definitely heads more on the coin likely toss. under
0: heads on the coin toss. Patriots to score first. Sony Michelle, if you think's gonna score the touchdown, that's a good. Three. I, I I think so. The like, uh, so Patriots
1: are more likely to be under because they like to sneak it. Michelle could get it in, and any of the receivers. Right. Gronk hasn't been get, catching as many touchdowns this mm-hmm. year, so if you think Edelman and Hogan are obviously very likely touchdown scores as well, and or said he's got a touchdown in these playoffs, so
0: it's an interesting one. One of my one of the favorite ones that I saw, and I wanted to tie it into the coin toss because if I didn't know the thing about the Patriots always calling heads, something to keep in mind because they are the ones that are calling the. Yeah, the toss. I'll have to look at the metrics on the, on that to confirm if, when was the last time they called tails, and maybe yeah. they mix it up for the Super Bowl. Who knows?
1: Slater's called heads both of the, or not both because they didn't have it the call last year, but in the Atlanta Super Bowl he called heads and then heads in, in overtime too. Lost the regulation toss and then won the overtime toss with heads.
0: Good thing to keep in mind. Uh, the next one, then, if we're just following the order of like pre some of the pregame props, uh, Gladys Knight is singing the national anthem. The uh it has gone down from what in previous years last year I think the over under was at two minutes
1: who was it Lady Gaga last year or no it no. was somebody else
0: was Lady Gaga's involved in the Super Bowl one way or another every yeah. other year <laughs> it was uh, she did the half was it the guy changed. no the people The Leslie Odom did the America the Beautiful um, we'll find that either I way 147 is which what is Gladys still is pretty
1: long it should be noted it's still longer than your average. Area. Yeah. And
0: I will say, if you really want to get into it, 538 published about an hour ago a <laughs> thorough breakdown of the Super Bowl's best matchup, which they say is Gladys Knight versus the clock. <laughs> um, and basically the point is that Super Bowl national anthems have gotten longer. As yeah. time goes on, it only makes sense. How are we feeling about 147? Is anyone bold enough to take the under, knowing that it's been adjusted 13 minutes from last year's to this 13 year's? 13 seconds. 13 seconds, sorry. And... Uh, it's the Super Bowl. Like it's more fun to pick the over. I feel like than hoping that they finish. You want them to like carry out those oh. those notes at the I end. I like
1: betting the under for the anthem, but I've missed it the last two times. I think in in my prop bet sheets that, of course, had no money on them <laughs> in uh, at Super Bowl parties. But I would I would just say Gladys Knight seems pretty likely to hit the over. I mean,
2: she's home. She's it she's an Atlanta girl. Classic,
1: you know, hometown singer. Classic, like i'm not i'm not gonna call her a diva but you know she's one of those more she relishes the spot exactly she relishes the spotlight that's a great way of putting it eli you know somebody who you really think and most anthem singers are like this in the super bowl because they really try to get the singers somebody you really think is going to drag out those notes it's tough to bet under 147 it's tough to bet over 147 because you're just not getting a lot of return i'd stay away from this one
0: so last year it was pink two minutes and she did not uh get to two
1: yeah, she was under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because two minutes... And I remember thinking last year, because two minutes was too big. It was an overcorrection. And Pink...
0: Because <laughs> they know people are still no, going to take it, the
1: over because it's fun. The year before that was like 145. No, no, no. It was an overcorrection on purpose, exactly, because yeah. people like to take the over. But Pink was like like Pink was like significantly under because she's just like a regular singer. But I do think Gladys Knight's going to hit the over here.
2: Well, I, I feel like it's just my... Uh, someone's duty here, at least, to say like R.I.P. Aretha Franklin because anytime you deal with a national anthem and the over-under you have to think of Aretha Franklin and she's not here with us now but um, you know, just just remembering her, because I'd be interested to see what the line would be on her if she was singing the about National Anthem this year. 225. I feel like when she sang during the Thanksgiving game a few years ago, was, it, it honestly got near it three got and a half. There. It got a Like, it, it was potentially pushing four. And honestly,
1: best National Anthem of my life, so wouldn't have it any other way. And Twitter just R.I.P. relished it, too. Yeah, it was, it was great.
0: So if you think that it's going to be over 147, another line that ties into that... Will any scoring drive take less time than it takes Gladys Knight to sing the national anthem? Yes.
1: And this one is this one is crazy. It surprises to me. This me. one is ins- this this line is crazy. You're getting so plus yes is- 105 for no. Think about this. The Rams score quickly sometimes. Patriots never score quickly. Just about never. How many? I mean, we might not have looked at this, but how many scoring drives do they have under 147 the whole year? I can't think of many because that's the Patriots don't hurry the line very often at all except they're, unless they're really See, trying to throw teams off mm-hmm. it'd have to be a four player less drive for the Pats they but don't have a lot of those
0: I'll, I'll point out that so yes is minus 145 no is plus 105 so no is it's considered the favorite that yes yeah. drive will take less than two minutes um
1: it's scoring, guys. It's not touchdowns. Yeah, it could, so, be, could be like a pick and a three and out in a field. End, yeah. of,
0: end of the half. End of the half, I'm thinking.
2: That's what a two I was minute thinking. Two-minute
1: drive, yep. that's the th- thing is, has to be. If you
0: think she's going to take like close to two minutes to sing it, you don't think someone's going to get the ball and score in the last two minutes? Greg
2: the leg. There's no Greg the leg. You only have to get to literally the 40-yard line for him to try. Yeah.
1: If that's a two-minute... And the st- big thing here is whether you think it's going to be a close game or not. Because if it's a close game, obviously you have the chance at the end of both halves... If it's a close game down the stretch, there's almost there's a very good chance that this that the under that the that the yes hits here because in one of the halves you would have to think somebody's gonna have a quick score. And throw. you do,
2: because you think it's going to
0: overtime.
1: Yeah. I think it is I think there's a good chance it goes to overtime. So you should go on that. Yeah, will the that. game go to overtime? Because That's crazy. Plus
0: 550 odds. I'm that's yes. not that's not good
1: odds at all, so I will <laughs> not be better than that. Like, think about it. How many games go to overtime? It's like one in one 20. One Super Bowl ever. One Super Bowl ever. One, yeah, but not I just Super Bowl. should have Bowls. gone to overtime. Uh, two you were there. two <laughs> Super Bowls ever. Two Super Bowls ever. Because the first, or well, no. it, was an NFL, it was an NFL championship. But not a Super Giants, Bowl. Giants-Cowboys in 1958 was the first ever NFL game to go to sudden death. Alan Amici, he won it for the... Wisconsin. Or Giants Colts, I think. I don't I I don't remember exactly what it was. Honestly that was a long time ago. Wisconsin um kinda. but that's first of all, do not bet on it going to overtime <laughs> because those odds are goosed from that we the fact that we just saw two overtime games in a row. The odds of any NFL game generally going to overtime is about one in twenty and plus five fifty is not nearly enough return on investment right there. It just isn't. So just keep that in mind, folks.
0: Another one to keep in mind, if you're thinking it's going to be a close game with teams going back and forth and quick scoring drives near the end, uh, will there be a lead change in the second half? Yes, it's plus wow. 110. Wow. So not but a lot thing of is, people I mean, think you, that the Patriots could just be in control of this game. Or the Rams. Sure, both teams are, peop- are teams If you that, think
1: one team is going to be playing from behind, I mean, there's a good chance that one team is playing from behind. So It, that's surpri-
0: it surprised me that that one was... Uh, I, that skewed, like plus 110 for yes, will be a lead change? Like, I think both these teams are able, like, are going to keep it close.
1: They're very comparable teams. Yeah, right I, would bet, I would bet yes there, but warily.
0: Yeah. Um. So, moving on then, uh, the, the distance of the longest penalty in the game, over under 15 and a half yards. So, you're basically, you need a pass interference call here. Do we think that there's going to be one pass interference yes. call? That's what I.
1: What's the, what's the odds of so,
0: it? Uh, over 15 and a half is minus 105, under oh. 15 and a half is minus 135. They're both minus. Yeah. So I mean, yeah.
1: Because because any any crazy prop bet. By the way, this is just kind of a s- simple gambling lesson for you guys. Is gonna have a pretty big Thank big you. for listeners. I mean, like any any prop bet that's more advanced than just a basic prop bet. He's always going to have the median at minus one twenty because they want a big vig for a big return on investment in case anybody has like an inside edge. Because it's much easier to have an inside edge on a on a random prop bet where you might know Gladys Knight or something like that, as opposed to just a regular bet. One of the props so they don't want to get beat by that.
0: One of the props was will a fan run on the field? Yeah. And I was like, so theoretically. People have talked about that. Theoretically, you're at the, Super Bowl. the
1: problem with that is that they cap those bets. I was going to say you would so. have to
0: make it enough where you could pay for your bail exactly. to get out of yeah. jail. Also, you would miss the Super Bowl, so that's true. Kind of rough. But you can make your money back for the ticket
1: and go to the next one. Also, like,
0: uh, they probably I don't know how they're game.
1: categorizing fanning- fans rushing on the field because after every Super Bowl, fans get on the field. Those fans just happen to be the. P- I think they mean it. I think there's, there's
0: uh, stipulations. It has on a to Yeah. during, the, during on, the game. Yeah. If you're, if you're using, like, a legit uh, site, like, we got a lot of these odds from Bovada.com. Yeah. Um, they have stipulations, like, someone gets the final say at where they cut it off. Either way, it's not one that we're going to uh, die. But that with.
1: penalty one, you've got to lean over, but that's tough because there's not a ton of deep pass interference calls. The, the reason that you would want to bet it is because Brandon Cooks is the king of pass interference. He earns a lot of pass interference penalties. But the Patriots don't commit a ton of them, so you never know. I, I, it's a tough bet either way, I think. But
2: Patriots only committed
1: six pass interference penalties all year.
2: After what happened two weeks ago, are they going to be that's more or less likely
1: to swallow the whistle? I think more likely to swallow the whistle. This is kind of counterintuitive, but based on what I know about refs, like a lot of refs, kind of overreact the other way to stuff like that. As a ref, personally, and obviously a much smaller scale, but like whenever, <laughs> whenever you wanna, I w- am whenever, but, but whenever you, the the common thing that everybody talks about is the makeup call, the quote unquote makeup call. Even though this isn't a traditional makeup call, you want to be really careful as a ref to avoid overcorrecting the other way. So what a lot of refs will do is they'll overcorrect back the same way to avoid it looking like it's a makeup call. That's kind of galaxy brain for you. But hmm. that does happen in a lot of in a lot of settings like this.
0: Good to know. Good to keep in mind, especially if you're a listener uh, playing in a Northwestern intramural basketball game and Noah Kaufman is your referee. Yeah. He's going to do a reverse makeup call. I
1: don't do reverse makeup calls. I'm too good of a ref for that. But I know my
0: colleagues sure. do. Wink, wink. Ki- I am yeah, kidding. Yeah, yeah. I am
1: kidding.
0: I don't do reverse makeup calls, he says. Okay. <laughs> um, moving on. How many LA Rams players will have a rush attempt? over-under 5. So high. So, you break this down. You got Gurley. Anderson. You got Anderson. Goff, Goff. Guaranteed.
2: But... They always love an end-around. Sure. You're always going to get that. Reynolds end on the an end-around. The
1: question is, is Golf a guaranteed rushing attempt? Because this isn't college. Sex so right. don't count as rushing mm-hmm. attempts. Patriots do a pretty good job of containing quarterbacks. Golf isn't that mobile. If there's not a sneak... There's no Will guarantee there be that one play where I he rolls out, I,
0: doesn't see anything down the field, and picks up two yards? I, I think there has to but not always,
2: though. I don't think it's a guarantee. I think in the course of a game, especially when and he I gets think, jittery think, in his first Super Bowl, he's gonna just tuck it and run at least once. And at then least the thing, once. but
1: the thing is, even still, to hit an over, you need three different receivers on end rounds. That's probably there's no way a fake or a fake Johnny. Yeah. It, you need Hacker, but I just don't think unless they're counting team rushes as a player, which is a knee.
0: No, that's that doesn't. I don't.
1: I would have a lot of trouble betting the over here. I mean, I wouldn't want to bet the under either because these odds aren't great, plus 160 and minus 230. But over five means you're basically hoping for a push. I mean, six players getting a rushing attempt is possible, but like...
0: I'm trying to see how many Rams uh, got a rushing attempt. One, two, three... Okay, so five because Reynolds and uh, Robert Woods each, got, each had an end around. Robert Woods had two. Yeah. So if you think that plus Hecker,
1: they run a fake to Hecker and he doesn't, Throw it. The thing is, like, the Patriots are also going to be ready for fakes. Like, they're one of the best special teams teams in the. That's another thing I want to talk about in the Saints Rams game. Just momentarily going back, that was one. That was the worst coaching moment of the year from Sean Payton, in my opinion. You're up thirteen nothing. Rams have fourth down inside of their own forty. How is not the first thing that comes to your mind? Oh, they might fake it here. The team that fakes more than any other team in the game is down thirteen points in the NFC Championship. How are you not thinking as a coach? We have to avoid the fake. Instead, the Saints were caught completely flat-footed. To me, I mean, that's partially on the special teams, coach, but in that big of a game, as the head coach, you got to be like, guys, we can't let them get a fake off here. You don't even have to set up for a return at that point. Like, you don't want to play it too safe, obviously. But if I'm Sean Payton and I'm up 13 against the Rams, you've got to be thinking they're going to fake the punt. I mean, right? I, I Watching the game, and obviously I have no way to verify this, but watching the game, I was like, oh, this is a great time for a fake. Mm-hmm. Everybody was thinking that because that's what the Rams do. I, do, I did not get that at all. But I think Belichick will be much more prepared for fakes at any point in the game. That's what he does best. He's a great, great in terms of those special teams, little things. The Patriots don't get faked out a lot. Um, so I, I don't think... The Patriots are going to be
2: susceptible to those. Yeah. I'm I'm interested to see. These are two coaches who are who just love the trickery and just love That's true. the 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 window dressing even if it isn't trickery of how much we're A lot actually of window dressing of how much we're actually how much tricky we're actually going to see in this game. Cuz it might cancel each other it out. It might cancel each other out or they just might be all window dressing and they might go incredibly <laughs> conventional which would be events you know, against normal wisdom yeah. and logic with these two coaches. But Bill Belichick has basically oh. shown that conventional can be trickery. Exactly. The ba- exactly. And, and same the same John McVay. You
1: expect Belichick to, to bring something, but if he doesn't bring something and he just runs the ball in the middle 25 yeah. times, that's almost as good. And then the media calls him a genius, where,
2: whereas, you know, anyone yeah. else does that. It's not necessarily the case.
0: We are like well, right. We're playing 4D chess right now on <laughs> SPAD. Like, you know, here's, are... I mean,
1: here's a stat for you. I mean, this, this just kind of shows how far Belichick is kind of separated from other coaches, Patriots' second highest amount of eight-man boxes run into this year was the Patriots. First was the Seahawks, who, of course, oh, ran yeah, into just from Field Yates? A, met- <laughs> a, a, a shockingly high amount of, of eight-man boxes. Mm-hmm. But yes, I did get it from Field Yates. But it's just like, the Patriots get it to work, though. Like, any other team that ran that much in eight-man boxes would be castigated. The Seahawks were destroyed this year, <laughs> rightfully, because their offensive play calling was awful. They just ran on first and second down all the time. Sure. But for Belichick, it worked. I don't, I don't know. I don't know
0: what it is. So a similar one to that. Uh, we both agree, I think, that it's going to be tough to get over five. Like yeah. it, it could be a push. Um, An under is the favorite at minus 230 with that. A similar one to the Patriots, but a different uh, different concept. How many New England Patriots will have a reception over under seven? That's a big number. It's a play. big
1: number, but... They spread the ball. But they, t- they do that, to uh, spread the uh, They spread the ball, so the spread the ball question, when they're running backs. The big question <laughs> there to me is... Do Sony Michelle, and or Rex Burkhead get catches? So
0: eight people had a reception against the Chiefs, and Michelle, and, uh, Michelle didn't have one, but James Devlin did. Yeah. So one of those two you're going to need, and both of them aren't very involved in the passing game because they don't have to be because you have James White. You're looking at but Edelman, also Hogan, need, Gronk, Dorsett. You also
1: need Dorsett to Patterson get to get
0: one, which isn't a you given. You need Patterson
1: to get one. You need Gronk to get one. He had a game against the Chargers. He didn't get a reception until like the third quarter. Like, there's a chance that maybe Hogan doesn't get catch a pass. The Patriots just pull out weird stuff where all of a sudden, if the Rams focus on a guy, they just won't throw him the ball. So it's like you can't count on even all of the core receivers getting catches. I'd really be hesitant to bet over here, and I'd really be thinking about the under.
2: I like the over, to be honest. There's there's something about it that, that appeals to me, just seeing them spread the ball. Even you mentioned some players might not get the ball. Like, to be honest, I'm forgetting exactly, you know, how many catches Gronk had in the AFC Championship game, but Tony Romo called it on that final drive. It's Gronk time in the fourth corner on the final drive. You can cover him, you can double him. That doesn't mean he's not gonna catch the ball. So frankly, and we've seen this with a lot of Patriot players, they could do literally nothing for three to three and a half quarters of a game, and yet they will find a way to be you know, find themselves on the stat sheet for one significant play, so, so I would is, not this put This is kind of
1: what I'm talking about, though. Last year in Super Bowl 52, the Patriots had seven players get receptions, and three of them only got one reception, and one of them got two. So, they don't like to spread the ball in these big games. They had Amendola catch eight passes because I they thought they had a mismatch there, and they exploited it. They had Hogan catch six passes, and they had Gronk catch nine. All those guys went for over 100 yards.
0: You know who could get one, though, that didn't get one in the Super Bowl last year, but you might they might go right back to him? Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, wild card.
1: It'd be crazy to run that play again because Tom Brady's just so unathletic and bad. <laughs> and catching That'd real. be such a just shocking flex, how a bad. Flex by Josh it's McDaniels to, to call up a that
0: play. Uh, seven is seven scares me. I it's think I, I agree. I that took Patriots the here. Like to spread the ball around, but I would uh, proceed with both of those with caution. Uh, how many players will have a passing attempt? This is my favorite. Oh, went, with half, this team, two and a half. Uh, under is minus one hundred and five. Over is minus one thirty-five. So people think that there's going to be at least
1: one player, whether it be Trick a fake, creation whether it be or you have
2: Edelman, you have Hecker. Here's the thing you with me. I mean,
1: guys get hurt in the Super Bowl a lot. Just the just Brady the chance doesn't. the chance of Jared Goff or Tom Brady coming out for two plays is like significant. Tom Brady adds does not. to these adds to these numbers. Tom Brady. I think there's not, will not. Chance. again
2: this goes back to me to the whole like how much trickery is there going to be? Is it really going to be trickery? Hecker is an obvious candidate. Julian Edelman is good I actually don't obvi- think
1: Hecker is going to throw a pass, though, because McVay, if he's going to pull out a punt fake, it can't just be the same punt fakes he's been using. they got to have one of those direct snap kind of fakes. Because they've been running too many fakes with Hecker. I mean, the Patriots are going to have it sniffed out to me. I do not think Hecker's is going to throw a pass, but... I've Whether wrong it's him, there's things, Edelman...
2: So. The- it all depends the someone. the mind of these coaches, whether we see a ton of trickery or whether we see none of it, and then that one instance of it that actually takes the other by surprise. Maybe it's not by surprise, but maybe they just execute it better than the defense does. But I, I actually like the over
0: here. Maybe someone will run the Philly special again.
1: I'm not and saying uh, I like the under, but I don't like the over is what I'm saying.
0: Uh, In the same line as, like, the trickery and stuff, it's not, a, like, a major trick play, but will there be a flea flicker attempt in the game? So the Patriots almost won that afc championship game a couple of plays before the Burke head touchdown on a flea flicker
1: they run tons of they flea run flippers.
0: a lot of flea flickers and you're getting plus 150 so people think that there's going to be a correction belichick slash mcdaniels slash brady isn't going to dial that
1: up yeah it's insane to have it even that low plus 150 for a play that the patriots do at best once every other game and a play that they did last game seems unlikely the patriots are going to run it again and i don't think the rams are going to run it I would not bet yes here. That just seems too low to me. But there's a very there's a there's a possibility, I suppose.
0: Yeah, you agree? Yeah, probably not going to happen. All right, let's move on to some of the ones like not as much related to the game, but semi uh, kind of Super Bowl related. How many plays will Tony Romo correctly predict ahead of the play? He, this is ridiculous because seven and a half I feel is like the line. Have, Tony Romo doesn't Tony
1: Romo doesn't predict plays. He says where a play is going to go or a player to watch. Because if he predicted plays, he would get them all wrong because they all have small variations. If by correctly predicting a play, you mean him saying watch Gronk on this one and then they throw it to Gronk, then the over is going to yeah. hit. He was on That's that last he drive. Does. On
0: that last drive, he said Gronk is going to come out as a blocker. Edelman is going to it's going to open up space for yeah, Edelman. Yeah, that
1: was one play, and, and that, and that happened
0: that. successfully. He says, I agree, no. he says where Brady's going to be looking, and I think that they account yeah. with that as a prediction. If he says okay. Gronk's on the outside, look for Brady count to count as throw as a a I'm not saying
1: it's not impressive what Robo does, but 95% of his predictions, quote-unquote, are him just saying... This receiver is somebody to key on for this play. I think Brady's going to be looking at that guy, and he's correct. And that's great stuff to have from a broadcast, and I love having it. That's not a prediction. That's not predicting a play. I think they consider it a prediction. It they the one defined here. This is such a spurious so, definition. Thing. I agree. That that I agree with. You can't bet this either way unless you have an exactly defined definition.
0: The analysis that I was going more towards wasn't like what is a what is a prediction, what isn't. <laughs> it's going to. It was the fact that. Like everyone was talking about Tony Romo that last game. So exactly. A lot what, of pressure what happened before
2: on him. him? What happened the games before? He
0: does it a lot. He does it a lot. He does it every. But game. there's so like I'm I'm looking at Tony Romo heading into this game. There's a lot of pressure on him. He knows that like there's a prop about, out there about predicting it. Is he going to be more likely to do it? Yes. Is he going to be? Is he going He's to gonna do it, it, it in the most? Tony
1: Romo's a fun-loving guy.
0: Is he going to do it in the most obvious situations? Like you know, third and one.
1: Or third and inches, like yeah, look for a run up the middle here. Look. I don't think I don't think he's that kind of guy to do it, but I I think he's gonna predict a lot of plays. Yeah. I really do. You yeah. think he's gonna be? He's going gonna for he's it. gonna do it even. He's more. gonna be putting them up. I guarantee that his production team is telling him, Tony. People love it when you predict plays you got to be telling us just about and every Nance play is gonna be somebody to there, watch. Gonna be, up, like, yeah, exactly. Nance is going to be like Tony you're a genius. I mean,
2: honestly if I were like Jim if Nance I were and Tony Romo right now I would be hammering the over <laughs> on how many times because they mention Sean was... McVay's age. Yeah, They can do that. It's only one and a half. You're telling me they're not going to mention it two that's, that's, times? The that's very play. unethical.
0: That so. is the easy, oh, Jim well, Nance would never no, think James of Nance putting would money on Tony Romo
1: Mike. But I'm just saying CBS's broadcast team right now if they, if you're thinking about a way to get CBS talked about after the Super Bowl, the number one way is for people to be talking about Tony Romo. Mm-hmm. Which and the number be. one way for people to be talking about Tony Romo is Tony Romo predicting thirty plays in a row, and it doesn't matter how many of them he gets right. People are talking <laughs> about Tony Romo d- after that.
0: I forget now. It depends on like how you define a prediction, but like he got like sixty. I think it was like over sixty-five percent of the plays that he predicted he got right.
1: Yeah, and again, it's a so pretty him, good. It's him rate. getting quote-unquote right plays in which he says. Edelman is going to be Brady's number one target on this play. And then he hits Edelman, which is not but in my mind. But he points out prediction. the
0: location on the, he points out what's like, you don't know when sometimes. you see people line up in a trip. No, it's not where,
1: something that I could do. I'm not trying to say that. I want to be clear about that. I'm not <laughs> saying I could do what Tony Romo does. It's impressive what he does. It's just not to my mind a prediction every time, but it's really impressive and really helpful and beneficial to me watching the game. I wish I wish we had more of it for different positions though.
0: If uh if you did had if you had said that, uh, I'm not that impressed by Tony Romo. That would be the next soundbite on this fad promo with like <laughs> with some ridiculous takes. I'm not that Noah- impressed by Tony <laughs> Romo. Now back there to it West is. Lafayette. <laughs> there it is.
2: You know, Tony Romo, if if Jason Garrett and uh, Jerry Jones are really serious about this whole quarterback becoming a coach thing, They've got Tony to Romo find a way to, be, to learn Tony Romo out. has to
1: be insane to take a job with the Cowboys. That is not the head coaching job, <laughs> given how much money he's probably making at CBS right
0: now. So that's also a prop. Where will Tony Romo be at the start of the 2019 season? At uh, CBS.
1: CBS. Unless he gets a head coaching offer, he's staying at CBS. Minus 500.
0: Next closest is playing in the NFL, plus 300.
1: Whoa. You know what? Stranger things, man. They're, they're desperate to not sign Kaepernick. They'll, they'll give anybody another shot. <laughs> we'll see.
0: Uh... How many t- how many times Eli mentioned this? Will the broadcast mention Sean McVay's age? Over one and a half is minus two seventy. So they're expecting I it, but that actually seems like love free the money.
1: under here. I love the under <laughs> no one time. No because, Are you kidding because, me? Because they've been talking about McVay's age all year. This is not a new thing. Team Nancy and Tony Robo have had eight different Rams games. They and they've been talking about McVay's age. I think there's a decent chance. I'm not saying. I think it's about 50 50 he's the youngest coach no.
0: ever to make a super bowl right he's yeah, young that's but
1: saying that he's the youngest coach to ever make the super bowl is not is i guess that counts as it mentioning does. his age they're it's also, also going to say think, how
0: old the eight like think they're going to if they say he's the youngest coach it's going to say like he's yeah so they he,
1: say that once and then that's it i if think the the rams, under- if the rams win here. that's all they're gonna that's to say at least one believe. more time and also
2: for all those those eight games you said that are on cbs there are so many viewers out there who watch the Super Bowl yeah, who are no, never totally. watching that mm-hmm, that totally. they're going to be mentioning it more than once I yeah. think
0: and if the Rams are in position to win even if they don't win you know they're gonna. they love to cut to McVay every other play on the sideline you don't think that they, they don't have, have his age underneath that.
1: that though when they cut to him oh, but, but they're they're the broadcast can mention it yeah. open, not the during a play. the play first of all that's awful broadcasting if they actually mention Sean McVay's age during a clutch drive, or, during, or right before a play, that's not good broadcasting. The I just want to put that the out The age difference between him and Belichick,
2: him and Brady, Brady they, eight years older they'll, than him. And they'll,
1: they'll have one graphic with McVay and Brady. So that's once, and then the first time I they show I don't think there's going to be another one. I don't think there's going to be another one.
2: You're, you're, you're crazy.
1: Yeah, that's,
0: that's like my lock. Like, minus
2: 270, yeah, I know Actually it's
1: that's
0: horrible odds, but... And there's one other
1: that I put down there eight. later that I think will hit over easily. So, we get to the Gatorade liquid, and here's, I think, my favorite. This is my year-to-year favorite prop. <laughs> is it? And here's an interesting thing that I've seen. So, the Bovada odds on this are very different than the Odds Shark odds on this. So, Odds Shark has clear Gatorade as plus 220. Bavada has it at plus 160. Hmm. And I think the bet here is blue. Blue is, a, <laughs> blue is a money bet right here. The Patriots, I think, are going to use blue if they use it. Um... And I think I think the Patriots have a, about about a fifty five percent chance of winning. Anybody would say. And I think by far the most likely Gatorade that the Patriots use is blue. I'm, I'm hammering blue, boys. <laughs> also, hammering another, another another low key one. It doesn't appear on the list that we're given here. If there's a no Gatorade option thinking about that no gatorade option that's tell fun. me you're guaranteeing that the patriots are going to dump gatorade for their sixth super bowl win yeah but that's the less no fun, gatorade that's the less fun so option. it's <laughs> the less fun option but if you're getting plus one thousand for no gatorade i'm i'm hammering that I'm, a, I'm, I'm 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 gonna throw a a little bit of non-existent money on on that on that no gatorade plus one thousand imaginary prop that i just made up
0: eli what are you thinking for gatorade color so uh clear or slash water plus 160. I was wondering if yellow green plus none. 250. No, Probably it does not. Happen. Probably not. It's Although
2: happen. I was going to say, if you think none might be something to hammer, wouldn't clear be the next closest? Water? No. Is that. No?
0: No? No. no. Clear, I think, is basically. Like, there's a clear. If Gatorade, you bet the favorite
1: on a prop at, like, what color of Gatorade is there, you don't like fun. Hey, it's still <laughs> plus 160. Noah Kaufman is telling us we don't it's like fun. Still
0: better odds. Uh, I'm looking at some of the photos of the when the Patriots had won in the past, and orange is a popular one. Yeah, they use blue. yellow too, right? Orange oh, okay. and blue. Uh, Eagles used yellow last year. Well, so, that's because of the Eagles. Yeah, maybe they won't have yellow. You got to
1: think Rams. I mean, you got to think blue is possible for the for the Rams as well. I think blue is blue is in the is it is not out of the question for either team. And the fact that it's plus four hundred is a little much to me. All right,
0: moving on now to some of the some of the final ones that we have. Uh, who will be this? Who First of all, we'll get into the Super Bowl MVP. We can do that one first. Super Bowl MVP odds. So I have them here. I don't have them on this sheet you guys are looking at. Brady is the favorite, plus 140. Goff, plus 250. Some other notable ones that aren't quarterbacks. Todd Gurley is plus 900. Sony Michel, plus 1,200. Um, Aaron Donald, plus 1,800. Julian Edelman, plus 2,000. Is there any sleepers that you guys are looking at? I'll turn the. I'll I love sleepers. Show you guys the I eye. love
1: sleepers, and let me tell you my number one sleeper for this year: It's Akeem Talib plus nine thousand. Now Tlaib. you would think Akeem Talib is a bad bet here. But here's the thing: Akeem Talib is a former Patriot, and you can never underestimate the storyline when it's when it in terms of an MVP. If Akeem Talib makes a couple of picks and makes the game sealing interception on Tom Brady for his second or third interception. It's hard if there's no other standouts in a low-scoring game to not give it to a guy like Tlaib. I just think that's a lot of money to be giving. I always like to look at a couple of defensive players for these because I think they're underrated in regards to Super Bowl MVP. It's a lot easier for defensive players to win the MVP of one game if it's a lower-scoring game. I feel
0: like a lot of them you need a touchdown.
1: You need a touchdown a lot of the time, but if it's a lower-scoring game and both quarterbacks throw a couple picks and nobody really stands out, it's easy for a defensive player to win it. So So you
0: think this is going to be a lower-scoring game? I think there's a decent chance
1: chance it's going to be a lower-scoring game. If you look at Patriots Chiefs up until the last 5 minutes that I game was that game was very low scoring for those two teams. The Rams have been playing lower scoring games this whole playoffs. I think this is going to be a little bit lower than people think. I think this game is going to be in the 20s. You get a defensive touchdown, all of a sudden you're talking about a non-traditional MVP.
2: This might not be original, but for me this game is the redemption of James White, who 2 years ago was snubbed he was of, uh Absolutely a Super Bowl robbed. MVP and I, it, Plenty was made about it back then And I think this is the time That if he turns in another another you know worthy performance He will not be overlooked Here's
1: the ridiculous thing to me though Greg Zerline is plus 6,600 Baskowski <laughs> is plus 6,600 There is no universe in which a kicker wins Super Bowl MVP Unless they make a 65 yard game winning field goal and who would it be? It has to be Zerline. The fact that they're putting Goskowski at even odds with Zerloin is insane. Yeah. Because there's no chance that Stephen Gaskowski wins Super Bowl MVP. If the Patriots drive to a position where Stephen Goskowski could win the game with a field goal, we all know who's going to win Super Bowl MVP. It's Tom Brady because everybody. It's Tom Brady is Tom Brady. Here's a sleeper. So it's crazy to put Gaskowski at the same as Zerloin.
0: Worse odds than uh, the kickers, Gaskowski and Zerloin. Cordero Patterson is plus eight thousand. Now,
1: if he takes back, if it's a low scoring game, you have to have him he take he one back. back. Yeah, but
0: that's what, yeah, that's what you're betting on. But yeah. like Desmond Howard won one by taking back a kick and changing the game. The
1: problem is then he also has to get touches on the offense. He end, could, so he you could, need both. Hey, it's
2: not impossible. That would go over the whole seven seven receivers or seven. That too, if so Patterson... completions to seven different receivers.
0: I think I think he had one against the Chiefs that yeah. we factored yeah. in, but we didn't factor in um, Michelle. So I guess they even out, and Devlin also had one.
1: So the th- here's my thing though. If you look at the last five Super Bowls, uh, or look just look, at, let's look at the last nine Super Bowls. Ever since Antonio Holmes won it, that was a bit of an outlier. Mm-hmm. Every Super Bowl since then: Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Eli Manning, Joe Flacco, Malcolm Smith, Tom Brady, Von Miller, <laughs> Von Miller, Tom Brady, Nick Foles. What do you see there? Seven quarterbacks, two defensive players. Mm-hmm. If you're betting for value, for value. I think you gotta look at a defensive player who's likely to potentially make a big play could and think Aaron, about betting that.
2: Be I don't think
1: Aaron Donald's good enough value here at 1800. I don't think that's enough for him. Yeah. But if you're looking, there's plenty of, of, of players on these two teams defensively, you have the ability to make plays. You're looking at a Kyle Van Noy at plus ten thousand. Who it's, made a lot of big plays it's with And in the, middle of the defense, Dante defense. Hightower. They're
2: both in the middle of the defense who can rush the passer, but also yeah, like
1: a scoop and score, Dante Hightower. or a,
2: a tip, a uh, pick six. Something I'm like just that. saying,
1: Dante Hightower is at seventeen thousand five hundred. I'm just saying, if you look at past MVPs, the only guys who ever win Super Bowl MVP are quarterbacks and defensive players. Linebackers, so if you're looking, specifically. it's specifically linebackers. If you're looking for value a linebacker might be the way to go here. Hightower plus 17500 given how much he does for that Patriots defense and how many times he's in on uh, on Havoc plays, I'm just saying if you put down a dollar to win $175 on Dante Hightower, it's tough for me to not say you're getting a little bit of value there. Of course, those are both fictional dollars, not real-world dollars. <laughs> of, course, right of course, Fictional dollars. So I'm just of, saying that's value.
0: With that being said, is anyone not, if you had to pick someone who would MVP, is anyone not taking Tom Brady here?
1: If I had to pick the most likely person to win, yeah. Brady's the most likely. I think yeah. that Just because the Rams split so many ways. Right. I don't
0: like if yeah. the Rams won, I don't see like Jared Goff being a guarantee He's not a same I don't dog, see the you know? Patriots unless it's like
1: Crazy. a touchdown. Like yeah. I think
0: you need to either have a scoop and score, a kick return in like a low scoring game. Yeah. I'd love I would love to see James right James d- White get the Super Bowl MVP that he rightfully
1: deserved yeah. two years ago. The thing is, you need a defensive special teams touchdown and a low scoring game for it to be non Tom Brady. Because I think any kind of offensive game even if Brady plays like crap for most of the game, it's going to be Brady regardless. He only had one touchdown and two picks
0: against the Chiefs, but like he, if they had given an MVP, they would have given he still it to him. Had yep, it. absolutely. So That's
1: just how it goes. He's Tom Brady. Like
0: So keeping that in mind in the same, in a similar vein, uh, who will the Super Bowl MVP mention first in his speech? We've got teammates at plus 160, God at plus 190. God's sleeping there. So here's the thing. City at plus 850, I am coach at 1000, and owner plus 1200. I
1: am asleep on God. God yeah. is a bad pick here <laughs> because Brady's not mentioning God first. No, no. I don't think he's going to do it. So if you think Brady's most likely to win... Who's he mentioning? Is it going to sleep- be Robert Kraft, Belichick, teammates? He, he, usually Kraft. Does, he, he usually does teammates. Tom Brady, I think, is is more likely to say the City than any other person. First. And I think that he is the most likely to win MVP, so I think City is a good sleeper here. I feel like usually he mentions Kraft, but not first. That's no. the
2: thing. Yeah. He, usually he,
0: he does come up. Uh anyone on the Rams is winning like LA's not getting mentioned first no no chance
2: and I really hope Stan Kroenke isn't being yeah, yeah. he's
1: not <laughs> going to he's not going to
0: so be. like maybe Sean McVay plus 1000 but even then that same I think if it's
1: Jared Goff there's a decent chance he mentions McVay, McVay first he's well, yeah like, like this guy believes in me mm. I think it depends on how the game plays out yeah but- there's a decent chance that McVay gets that first mention. If Greg
0: Zerline wins Super Bowl MVP on the leg of a 65-yard game winner, he might be. thanking he's gonna Sean thank God Sean McVay. For he's gonna thank God. He might thank, thank God for blessing me. For <laughs> thank God for blessing <laughs> for me with this leg.
1: <laughs> thank God for blessing me with this leg that can make 85-yard field goals. I, don't know, maybe he'd make- I think if Zerline wins, he's gonna thank God. I have nothing he, to he str- might. Thank, uh, okay, sleep
2: McVay on me for trusting. Him. Yeah, Sleep that on the me. strength coach.
1: <laughs> That's true. That's another. We that didn't get counted. to that prop, but the get back guy being shown. I think oh, you got to yeah. hammer that over. Oh, you have to because hammer the over. This, the last this, two show, weeks it up. And blown this is up. the counter to my to my age thing because they, it just blew up in the last two weeks. They haven't had a lot of opportunities to mention it on air. I think Jim Nance loves a good story. He's going to be all about that strength coach getting getting so, Sean McVay back.
0: The, the thing is, it has to be the props are they how have to many show replay, replays. Yeah. So you need them to not just cut to it in real time. I think time. they're going to
1: show it. They're going to show slow-mo replays.
0: Mentioning Ted Rath three and a half times. I think if you don't think that they're
1: going to mention his Ted, age. Ted Rath, gonna... Ted Rath three and a half times is too high. Yeah. But showing the replays, is it at one and a half or two and a half? At one and a half, I think that's a good. Over. I mean, legitimately, good over. I don't I think, think they'll just cut to it in real time. I think they're going to show replays. They're not going to cut to it in real time because it happens during plays. Yeah, so it has to be a replay if you're going to show it.
2: I legitimately think that Ted Rath to the average Super Bowl viewer will be more known than any of the Rams' receivers.
1: Wow, that is a hot
0: take. I, I mean, you never yeah. know. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> I think Brandon Cooks will be hyped up a little bit with it being like he played on yeah, the Patriots, Patriots yeah. last year. Uh, some final ones before we before we head out. Uh, highest scoring half, first half plus one thirty, second half minus one sixty. Does anyone think that this second half is just going to be like a battle for
1: possession? I hate and these the bets because it, I yeah. never have a feel until halftime. Of which, I'm oh, too. I like sure. this to explode at, at, in the second half. I do. That's kind of what. But I'm if you're going to live bet, I think this is a good one to live bet and yeah. at halftime. If it's been like if it was a crazy first half, you can get away with that lower with that lower second half. Sure. It just it so much depends on how this game comes out.
0: And in that similar um, in similar theme, highest scoring quarter. So the best odds are second quarter plus 145. The second highest is fourth quarter plus 220. Now, if you're thinking it's going to be another Chiefs-Patriots uh, game, yeah, alternating back and forth, fourth quarter but plus 220 could be pretty good odds. That's solid value. First quarter is plus 500, and you never take the first quarter because you know there's going to be some uh, jitters, jitters especially on the Rams. Would wild the first quarter
1: the it would be, be wild if the first quarter was the highest score. It, it would be fun. It would be fun. Well, would it, it wouldn't be fun. I don't like that. Would have
0: it would have hit in the national you want, championship, but you, right? You with also Bam want it in
1: Hunton. the Super Bowl. You want it. You want the Super Bowl to be like a. Uh, you kind of you want it to start slowly because you're kind yeah. of getting settled in. You're you're looking at the commercials. You're chatting with. everybody.
0: run the ball too much. You want the plot the to thicken. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. You want the fourth quarter in the Super Bowl, especially. Everybody's settled in. The halftime show's come and gone. The fourth quarter is the quarter where you really want things to get going because everybody's still having a good time. But the food's run out. You need to be able to pay attention to something. It's a. It's only a great Super Bowl party if the fourth quarter means something.
0: Yeah, I like plus two twenty for the fourth quarter. It just seems like it, it could be like even if it's not a close game, you could get garbage time where like the Rams or the Patriots. Patriot, are Patriot to claw Patriots, their Chargers. Way back fourth quarter was the highest scoring quarter. Right. Or so if
2: one team is yeah. way down, we've seen this before. They just come back and. I don't know what you're talking about. Twenty-eight
1: to three. Yeah. Well, a two-point conversion actually was that even the highest scoring quarter of that game? It was nineteen
0: nothing in the fourth. I don't know. It could be the one where Brady threw a pick six. Yeah. Oh, no, it was. It had six Was it in the third quarter. Because yeah, the, pa- the Falcons were still scoring, and then the Patriots And then the Patriots scored. scored. Yeah. I don't know. If only there were a way we could uh Yeah, verify. if only. If only. But there we'll, was we'll, get back. we'll get back to so. uh, Will a two-point conversion be attempted in the game? Yes. <laughs> yes, minus 110. <sighs> no, minus 120. So yes is... Steven I Gostkowski think,
1: will miss an extra point. I think sneaky no is a decent bet here because... Games like this tend to stay on schedule. If you don't think there's going to be a safety or anything weird like that or, like, a lot of field goals, and you think these teams are just going to score touchdowns at each other, there's no opportunity for a two-point conversion to be needed. So, I feel... but uh, I can't remember last year, but I'm sure it's the, the
2: aforementioned 28-3 comeback. Steven Goskowski did miss. Two years ago. Yes, two years ago. Yeah. There was a two-point conversion. Last year, was there? It was a weird score. 41-30. And no, Steven
1: Goskowski didn't miss two years ago. They just went for two early. No, he missed, missed it. Didn't he miss one earlier? No, it was 28-9, and they I think they went for two and didn't get it. But he might have missed it. I don't remember. I
0: don't remember. Uh, Patriots missed their only P-A-T attempt during the game. Hmm. Yeah, so they did. And then they
1: made two two-bug conversions in a row yes. to come back and tie
0: it. So they did miss one. Also, yeah. highest-scoring quarter in that game, second quarter. Okay. Falcons yeah. put up 21. That's what I thought. Yeah. True three. Yeah. Yeah. Pick six. Oh, that pick six was in the second yeah. quarter, not the third. Okay. Yeah. So, second quarter, I mean, so... That makes sense, too, why that would be have the best odds? I think last year it also could have been.
1: And a lot of, most games, the second quarter is the highest scoring quarter. Sure. It happens more than the fourth quarter does. Another So, similar,
0: speaking of the second quarter, will there be a score in the final two minutes of the first half? Yes, minus 350. Does anyone think That's that insane. maybe? That's Wait, what's a no? Plus 275. I,
1: I, I I'd hit that no. Does anyone think that there's Absolutely. a chance that... Absolutely, I think there's a chance. Yeah, there's a chance. Maybe I wouldn't... put a dollar, on, on a fictional dollar, <laughs> on, pl- <laughs> on plus 275. A monopoly dollar, you know. You know, a monopoly money. I, plus 275, all you need is for the Patriots to drive and get stopped in midfield. It happens all the time. You just need a two-minute drive to fizzle and then punts. That happens so often in the NFL. I think that's insane. Yeah, I mean... For it to be plus two seventy five, I think it's like two thirds to one third. I definitely yeah, still think it is. would
0: happen, but yeah, I guess if you're looking for value, you no know at plus yeah. two seventy five.
1: I think it's better value than yes for sure. Oh, but oh yeah, but yes could be better value there if you just think it's a guarantee. I think it was better value.
0: Final one that we have, and then we'll ask you to give your pick on the the line of the game and actually who's going to win the game. Uh, well, a non quarterback throw a touchdown. We, will we see a repeat of Trevor no. and uh, Nick Foles last year. So the the Patriots is almost a certain no, I would say.
1: Well, they had the Edelman play. They
0: did have. The it Edelman. would be the Adel- yeah.
1: These these
2: two teams would be the teams to probably do it, but I I don't see it happening here. Plus three
1: fifty. You never you see it think? happening until it does. That's also way too low. Plus, plus three 350, fifty. That's it. <laughs> What's well, no. Uh, minus six hundred. I would bet. My, I'm not even joking. I would bet minus six hundred. That's good value. The no chance of a non-quarterback throwing the touchdown. <laughs> no one loves this value. The, the chance of a non-quarterback throwing a touchdown are objectively less than ten percent, which means minus six hundred is great value. All about that value. I'm just let's, saying. Let's uh, let's get
0: into the some picks for the game. So the spread on this has been weird. So it opened like right on the Sunday after the conference championships. It was pick them, right? It was Rams minus one Rams initially, Rams and then it so, immediately so. flipped to Patriots they had minus to know the, two. The public was going to come out to the Patriots. It's down to Patriots minus three now. So I'll throw it. Uh, let's throw it to. Eli first, minus three. Mm. Are you picking the Rams to cover? And then I'll. And then you can go ahead and say who you think is going to win and give a score prediction. Yeah, I don't
2: know. I'm I'm torn on this one. Although it's for me, it's just. I think the Patriots will cover, and I just... It's, for me, hard to see them um, losing two Super Bowls in a row. That's just me, especially, you know, bitter the way... They did it in
1: the middle of the... In the middle of the... In 2007 oh, yes, I, I know well, yeah. I know well, but
2: since then, it's... I don't know, I, I feel differently about it, and also... Um, with, again, more fictional money, I might have Patriots 8, Rams 4 on a big board. Um, so in that case, it would be not, uh, you know, the Patriots would cover in that sense. Sure. So I think... Uh, Just if that
1: if that scenario were to happen. Okay. That yeah. makes
0: sense. Yeah. So, um, one interesting point, and it was made last year on the prop bets by Josh Burton, but you look at these Patriots Super Bowls since the three that Brady won initially. Two losses to the Giants. You have a Seahawks game in which if you know, they decide to run the ball. That's a loss. Yeah. You have a 28-3, to 3, an improbable comeback, where if the Falcons yeah. manage the clock a little better. And I mean, you have an
1: Eagles game where they played pretty even again, and yeah. the Eagles played better down the stretch.
0: So it's not like this Patriots, like they've been like blowing teams and out in Super And here's the thing. Super even Bowls. if you blew those no.
1: first three, they've never blown a team out in a Super Bowl. The Patriots have never won a Super Bowl by more than a score. Ever. Right. So it's tough to bet on them to cover here. I, I would not bet... On the line, Patriots minus three. If it was minus Rams? two, and I would I pick. would not bet. If mm-hmm. I had, if I absolutely had to pick, I'd pick a push at plus ten thousand or whatever. I I literally think the most. What if it
0: was two and a half? If it
1: was two and a half, I pick the Patriots because I literally think the most likely scenario is Patriots by three. They're just I just do not think that if the Patriots win this game, the only way I can see this being a blowout is if some for some reason the Rams just come out firing. They've done it a couple times this year and just blow out the Patriots somehow. I think there's a chance that that happens. I do not think that there is a legitimate chance that the Patriots just blow out the Rams. I just don't see it. Hmm. But I do think the Patriots are more likely to win, so I'd pick the Patriots minus two and a half. Minus three, I would not put any fictional money.
0: And um, Eli's picking the Patriots to cover regardless because he has them by four, theoretically like a 28-24, yeah,
2: 38 Theoretically, 24. Like they did against you know what? You know uh, what, 78-74,
1: sure. very much <laughs> within the realm of possibility. 18-14. 18-14. <laughs> You get a little eight four going, sure. double safety for the Rams, touchdown out of two. Why did the Patriots go for two? <laughs> Who knows? It was it was fun for them. They did it for fun.
0: A good note to end on. Very exciting uh, Super Bowl coming up, and I'm glad that we, uh, we were able to uh, enlighten you with some of these prop bets. What were your What's your best bet if you had to make one of the ones that we talked about? One that you're sure is going to happen. McVeigh. It's got to be McVay one of the. H, I don't yeah. know which
2: one McVeigh, whether it's the um, coach holding him back out. on the sideline or his age. I. I Honestly, I think both are easy to hit the line. One and a half on yeah. both. That's to me, seems like free money. Fake money, of course. My best <laughs> bet is... Fake
0: money. I don't know. My best bet is tough. Um, Doesn't have to be the most likely. It could just be the one that you're definitely doing because you think you can... Uh,
1: my best good. bet is Patriots under seven players of reception. I think Brady's not going to spread the ball today. Okay. Or t- today on Sunday. <laughs> I, I'm talking on Sunday right now. <laughs> <laughs> They'll probably be listening Saturday by the time we post okay. this. So Just pretend it's Sunday, today.
0: Either way, thank you so much, Eli. Thank you, Noah, for listening, for being on the show. Thank you, listeners, for listening. We'll be back soon with another Sports Voice After Dark. In the meantime, enjoy the Super Bowl and have a great week.